an opinion. I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour number three on a tremendous football Thursday. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. We'll be on with our friends at Stadium for the next 60 minutes. Shout out to our guy Jason Coyle, among others. Great to be on Stadium for the next 60 minutes here. And then it'll be the final hour, the power hour of the show, which will feature all our bets for tonight. So if you want all the bets coming up for tonight and guessing you do because like you, you like sports and you like betting that's why you're watching the show listening to the show twitch.tv backslash betql for the six to seven o'clock hour eastern time where we'll give you our bets for the national hockey league bets of steel our nba best of the best side total and props and of course side total and thy royal prop king for the titans and the steelers tonight in pittsburgh as week nine in the national football league kicks off evan silva will join us one hour from now from establish the run He's got a laundry list of bets coming up, not just for tonight, but for this weekend in the NFL. Can't wait to hit all of those with Evan Silva coming up next hour. 20 minutes from now, Joey Kanish, Pro Sports Better from our friends at the Hammer, stops by all his bets for college football and the NFL this weekend. But for right now, we continue on with B-Squared, B-Squared NFL Awards in just a second. But we have a piece of breaking news in the NFL, Ken. For the second consecutive day, Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford not practicing probably increasing the likelihood that it'll be Brett Rippon as the Rams quarterback on Sunday on the road at Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. I'm guessing we haven't seen any market movements here. Uh, anything to report here at the Rams and the Packers before we get back to awards? This morning, this number came back toward the Rams a little bit. All the threes were juiced toward Green Bay yesterday, and now it's like three minus 110 in a lot of places. So that's interest in the Rams, despite Stafford not practicing. Uh, looks like we might be kind of stuck on three probably until we know one way or another whether he's going to play. Uh, I and I think that's kind of like maybe people kind of agreeing with me that like who cares who plays quarterback for the Rams just maybe like if the number is going to be three or three and a half just uh, I'll bet against Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers and feel pretty good about it all right we'll bring you any other NFL injury news as it uh, crosses the wire or gets notified with a push notification to our phone uh, as it comes in on this Thursday afternoon but for now we get back to NFL award conversation Jake please bring the music back up here and all these prices available at our show sponsor the king of sportsbooks BetMGM. Ken, let's talk Defensive Player of the Year now. We did MVP and Offensive Player of the Year in the first hour. Uh, Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett are your co-favorites right now for DPOI, both at 2-1. to TJ Watts plus 250 plays tonight against Will Levis and the Titans with a bad offensive line. I think that's a little interesting. Aiden Hutchinson, 18. Chris Jones and Fred Warner, both at 30. Nick Bosa at 35. Max Crosby at 50, ahead of... Uh, the Giants offensive line, and Daniel Jones on Sunday. Can anything stand out to you in the award market for Defensive Player of the Year as we enter Week 9? This has been, uh, I think, the most boring conversation every week because it's from very early on in the season. It seemed very likely that the race would come down to three players. Uh, the three edges that you you read to start, pa uh, Parsons, Garrett, and, and TJ Watt. And, you know, for I think week one, week two, we were like, well, could a fourth player get in? Maybe Hutchinson or Chris Jones or Chris Jones or somebody else. I was just like, no, don't think so. I think it's probably just these three guys, uh, especially after like week three, week four. And that's still where we are right now. All of them are having like exemplary seasons. They'll all be in consideration for first team all pro. Uh, be, you know, whether Parsons is a linebacker or an edge or whatever, they all have like really good sack numbers. Now Parsons is kind of trailing behind the other two in sacks. Um, you know, he has six. The league leader is Daniil Hunter with 10. Garrett has eight and a half. Watt has eight and a half. The thing I would just remind people, so like, is there anything to bet on this week? No, 
because the three players who are the most likely to win by far are priced that way. And if you're trying to differentiate differentiate one from the other, you would likely use team success and statistical success to do that. And we don't really know, especially with Cleveland and Pittsburgh, like what the records are going to be at the end. Parsons' team is probably the safest one to have a big record. But if they're the safest team, he has the worst statistical profile of the three. So you try to balance those two things out. You end up right back where you started with all three having about the same price. It's just very likely how one of them plays the rest of the year will determine whether that player wins. And again, you don't want to be in a guessing game here like trying to predict outcomes of games that's a really bad place to be you just run like obvious mispricings news and information driven things that can change the market those don't exist here um so those three should be very short priced likely at the end of the year we'll have to just consider like the public polling and how people write about the award whether they favor one guy or the other and if it looks like the sort of wave of sentiment is leaning one way or another that's where we'll put our money and that's who we'll bet on because that's who it seems like people are going to vote for so it's really business as usual honestly the only other player i'd add like a just a, a note on and it's a big long shot that this could even happen but i'll just i'll say it again just because like i think i said it last week even the Raiders fired their coach and they're going to start Aiden O'Connell and they're probably going to be really bad. Like they're probably going to lose a lot of games. If they ever don't, I think people would trip over themselves to give Max Crosby the defensive player of the year award. It just can't happen because they suck. And it didn't happen last year because they sucked. But like if they win nine games, he can win. So I'm not betting him. I don't think they're going to win nine games. But like just if this starts to like let's just like play it like Antonio Pierce is actually a good coach. O'Connell's an upgrade from Jimmy G and like actually shows you what he did in the preseason. These are all one in a thousand type situations, more like one in a million. And I'm just saying, if that does happen, let's say they beat the Giants, you get a lot of positive momentum here, just worth having in the back of your head that as the Raiders win more, Crosby's price should actually drop to match the other edges. The only reason he's a long shot right now is that that's very unlikely to happen. So just like wanted to throw that in there as, hey, down the road, if this Raiders thing ends up catching fire, like, and I don't mean dumpster fire, like catching fire, like they play well, then this is a price that should actually drop really fast if they start getting into playoff contention. The Samsonite, I was way off. Uh, I want, Ken, just give me like 30 seconds here, and you've done this before, but just like we have a new audience all the time. So like I'm looking at the sack leaders in the NFL this year. So Watt and Garrett both have eight and a half, right? They are like, out of the, and, and Parsons a little bit further down the board with six. Daniil Hunter leads the NFL with 10. Josh Allen of the Jaguars has nine. How about my guy Kayvon Thibodeau for the Giants has eight and a half, like a, like a, like a three-way tie for third. What about those guys with the gaudy sack numbers here in about 30 seconds here and there? the potential to win defensive player of the year. So like they, it's not that they're ineligible, like they can win, um, but this is not an award for who leads the league in sacks. It's much more reputation driven than that. And usually like the previous winner has made first team all pro and made multiple pro bowls and everyone kind of like regards them as a great defensive player. And you'll look at the stats for the last couple of years and be like, well, Bosa had the most sacks and he won and like TJ Watt had the most sacks. Yeah, like that's nice when that happens. It makes it really easy. Like it makes it where there's no dispute whatsoever. But we've also had a number of seasons where an edge or Aaron Donald wins the award or someone else wins the award. Someone else leaves the league in sacks they don't win like we've had like Vic Beasley has led the NFL in sacks before does anybody even remember that that happened like it's 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 you know there's been a number of, like I'm going to scroll back through a couple of years to get you I feel like there's one more that's always like really really good Shaq Barrett led the NFL in sacks in 2019 he did not win defensive player of the year so just like yeah like Hunter can win Josh Allen of the Jaguars can win like yeah if they get like 21 
then you're going to start having the conversation. But I think it needs to be like an insanely gaudy number. If it's just, hey, they led in sacks and Garrett was second and he also had three interceptions and jumped over the line to block a field goal and the Browns made the playoffs, like guess who's winning? Miles Garrett. So it just, you need such a, re a really narrow kind of like path here to get one of those guys home. I always pass like the non-reputation edges. I just think like you could even lead the league in sacks and someone else could win. All right, that's Defensive Player of the Year. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Thursday. P-squared, B-squared, NFL Awards with the award betting goat, our guy, Ken Barkley, on X at Lockie Lockerson. All right, Lockie, let's do Offensive Rookie of the Year here. C.J. Stroud, uh, minus 165. They lost last week, but C.J. Stroud still minus 165 to an Offensive Rookie of the Year. They lost to Bryce Young in the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young now 40-1 to to an Offensive Rookie of the Year. In between them, Puka Nakua at three. Uh, Britt Reppin might play quarterback this weekend. Jordan Addison at 12. Uh, Jaron Hall might play quarterback this weekend. Bijan Robinson at 14. Taylor Heineke. Uh, Jameer Gibbs at 16. Uh, Zay Flowers and Devon Achan. And Achan is expected to be back next week for the Miami Dolphins, so he'll be back soon for Miami. Zay and Achan both at 25. Will Levis, who we'll see play tonight on the road at the Steelers at 35-1. to 1. And uh, the Green New Deal, AOC, 50-1 to 1 for the Las Vegas Raiders. Ken, uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, please. I've uh, I've kind of like dramatically changed what I wanted to do here. Uh, so it, the problem was early in the year, the A-chan injury kind of like forced my hand to bet into this market because when we thought it was a significant injury, before the market reacted to that, there was an opportunity to play Stroud and Bijan, but really Stroud at like really good prices if we were about to remove one of the players that was likely to contend for the award, HN, and it hadn't happened in the market yet. Like we knew he was hurt and it looked like it was going to be for a while. And there was just like, you had to you had to act knowing that Stroud's price was going to change. We did it on the show a bunch of times. And, and to a certain extent, like, yay, we were right. Like the Stroud prices have improved. We have equity in this market that we can spend on people. So you have kind of two options. Like if you joined us, you're probably sitting here like, do I just hold? Stroud's a really big favorite. Like I, I can just hold here, right? Like, and he'll still be a favorite. I, I think so. Like, I think he'll at least be minus for a few more weeks. He could also be minus for the whole season and win. But like at a minimum, I think he's minus probably for a few more weeks or a very low price, better than what you got several weeks ago. What I have chosen to do is essentially like abandon this position to spend the equity on other players to attempt to hit a jackpot price. And that's like very risky, but it's actually not because basically what I'm doing is I'm I'm setting myself up where if Stroud wins, I break even in the market for the season. I don't win any money if CJ Stroud wins, but I bet him like plus 150, plus 140, plus 130, and he's like minus 170 right now. So I have some equity I can spend here on other guys where I can bet you know, if I wanted to bet Jameer Gibbs or I wanted to bet Bijan or Zay Flowers or somebody, I could do that and just like kind of balance the position. So I'm basically spending all my Stroud money. Like if Stroud wins, I don't want to win a dime and I want to put all my eggs in the baskets of the other quarterbacks that I think someone can go get him at the end of the year. And it doesn't have to work that way. If Stroud plays great against Tampa and he holds as a big favorite, he's going to win. Okay, I'll break even in the market, like no sweat. Like I was going to win some money, now I'm not. But I think we have an opportunity here because all of the players from Stroud to Levis, so that's like eight players in the way between Stroud and Levis, and then a couple more between Levis and Bryce Young, to me are all incredibly flawed and very unlikely to win. And I think the two quarterbacks, Levis and Young, can pass all of those players in the next two to three weeks and become the second and third choice to win the award. Can they pass Stroud? I have no idea. Stroud's had a pretty good start to the year. The narrative of the first month is the interception streak. He didn't throw one for a while. They were winning some games. 
but that that ends really fast like if they lose to tampa and they're just like a three-win team and they're bad that all goes away really really fast i'm just surprised that like the market is viewing the gap from stroud to the other quarterbacks as this much when literally in a matter of like two weeks the statistics of all three players could be identical and like just to put that in perspective levis had four touchdowns last week and i don't think any of us expect him to throw four touchdowns like every single week or even to do it again the rest of the season he already that's the has case. we'll four. bet him to an mvp we'll bet him to an mvp I, if he's I, gonna, that's gonna happen i would like to bet him in mini mark <laughs> offensive player of the year it sounds great uh, i'd like to bet the titans to win the super bowl too by the way but he has four stroud only has nine he he made up half the ground in one damn game <laughs> like it just stroud's averaging like one touchdown pass a week the idea that he's far ahead is like a mirage he's not far ahead it just seems that way because the narrative at the start was oh like he's so good everyone else is so flawed i think he got two people in these two quarterbacks that might end up like and to be fair aiden o'connell could be the same we just haven't seen it yet like he really could i'm not betting it because i'm very skeptical but he's the same as these other two guys like there's a quarterback that if they play well in the next eight to nine weeks stroud's not lighting the world on fire statistically it's not happening and he can be caught and i think the quarterbacks are the most likely ones to do it so i've spent the equity on levis who could bomb tonight it could be terrible i don't i don't care like i want to take the risk and bryce young i almost like even more honestly he just beat stroud last week we like his matchup this weekend against the colts the frank reich revenge game uh at home like two more good weeks from young even just what we saw last week two more weeks like that stroud loses to tampa like they're even like they're the same and the market's pricing it like it's not even close. We're like two weeks away from this thing potentially being nuts. It doesn't even take that long. So to me, that's worth the risk to try to hit the long shots and honestly, like take my Stroud position and kind of be like, nah, I'm abandoning this. Like I'd rather go with the other two guys because the payout is massive if I'm right. Uh, any any fear at all that A-Chan comes back and just starts rattling sure. off insane statistical games? Or, or that Campbell's like, you know what? Let's actually have Jameer Gibbs do this every week. Let's like actually do that because it looked so good. Even though I don't think that would happen, but it's, right. it's a fair. Yeah. It's fair that you bring it up. Obviously, that it could right. happen. I think it's very unlikely, but it could happen for Gibbs. Right. Well, if I'm worried about HN, I got to be worried about. It's kind of like that that same thing of like, can can they replicate the success they've shown in small bursts over the course of the entire season? Sure. Like I'm a little worried about HN. I'm not really worried about. I'm worried zero about Nakua. Zero about Gibbs right now. Zero about Addison right now. Zero about Bijan for sure. Zero about Zay Flowers. And like, to me, it's like, all right, even putting everyone else to the side, if I'm not, if I'm zero on all those guys, then like who down the board can pass all those guys? Like who could actually do it? And to be fair, O'Connell is a guy who could do that. Like he's going to make his debut. Maybe he's awesome with a new coach. I have no idea. I, I'd rather go with at least like the number one pick who's played the whole time and has a really good coaching staff or the guy who just threw four touchdown passes. Like O'Connell hasn't even thrown anything yet. He and Levis are almost the same price. At least Levis did it once. Like can we see O'Connell do it once? He played against the Chargers. It was like one of the worst games anybody's quarterbacked all year. So just, I don't, I'm not saying Levis is going to be good. I think the risk is worth it because i think all these other guys have a lot of faults later in the show we will hit defensive rookie of the year coach of the year and comeback player of the year very much look forward to it but on the other side how about some college football bets for the weekend maybe an nfl thought as well pro sports better our friend joey kanish baby stops by dish and wagers for the weekend on the gridiron next 